Howdy folks, this is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter and I want to be the first to welcome you to Slave the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that in the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that in its simplest form is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to thank Abe for filling in for me this morning. Uh, Kevin's taking a rare Sunday off, and uh, I drew the short straw, so you get me today. I wore my black hat, so you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So, uh, I was really excited. Abe said he was going to, to get a Belgian Malinois, and, and I was pumped because I, I couldn't wait for him to get back and, and have him show me his new mail-order bride. But it was a dog, sorry. Uh, it, we got a lot of strange, strange looks. It was, it was really fun going with Abe on that trip. Uh, I want to thank the Gordon family for donating cattle and the, and the Bradley family for donating cattle. Uh, we uh, we uh, decided we'd take advantage of the nice weather this week and, and go out and get those cattle. And, and uh, you really get to know somebody when you're in an enclosed space with them for 20 hours. Um, and uh, and Abe, Abe's really cool. He's a prophet, so, so uh, he knows the Bible well, and, and I don't know it as well as I should, so it was, it was really good. Um, he was trying to explain things to me, and, and uh, sometimes I got it and sometimes I didn't, but I really appreciate him doing that with me. Um, we got a lot of strange looks, because anytime you see a Mennonite and an Amish guy in a truck together... <laughs> You're going to get some strange looks. <laughs> Kathy told me I looked Amish this morning. so Got my buggy out back if anybody wants to ride home. All right. <clears throat> so uh, Kevin uh, had his birthday this last week. And so if you guys didn't get a chance to wish him a happy birthday, uh, Texans can't do math. So he, I think he says he's 24 or something now. So... That's Texas math. Uh, <coughs> back when, when I was a younger man than I am now, uh, growing up in Montana, I worked for a, for a fella. Um, he was in his mid-50s probably, and he had a ranch that I worked on. And, and, uh, but his dad also, it was his dad's ranch first, and, and his dad was, wasn't running it, but he was still a part of it. And that old fellow was, he was in his 70s, and he loved to be horseback. He's horseback every day, and he rode the nastiest broncs that, that around, and he's the only one that could, could get by with them. But I, I, he liked the cowboy, and I liked the cowboy. Uh, so we got along just fine. We, I, I was with him every day. We took care of the cattle, and, and, and the other fellow took care of the farming, which worked out best for everyone. And... Uh, so uh, he used, I loved the stories he used to tell me uh, about the early days in Montana before, before it was fenced. Went back when it was open range country. Uh, he got to experience some of that as a boy, but most of his stories were, were about his dad who cowboyed in, in eastern Montana. And uh, he told a lot of stories about, about how tough it was and, and they, they didn't really take care of cattle back then. They, they pretty much brought cattle up from Texas and turned them out on the range and they fended for themselves. And 
and so they didn't they didn't feed them in the winter they didn't calve help them calve they didn't do anything but but uh let them kind of uh take care of themselves and and so the only they only really needed cowboys two times of the year in the spring when they were gathering they they do a big spring roundup um they gather all the cattle brand the calves earmark them kick all the neighbors cattle off their range and uh and then in the fall they would gather and brand any calves that, that they'd miss in the spring. And then they'd put together their beef herd, which usually was two or three year old steers. Um, and they'd put, put the, the beef herd together and, and trail it to the, to the railheads back then because that was the only place where they uh, could sell a herd of beef. Put them on the rail, send them back east. Uh, and so these cowboys only worked in the spring and the fall. And so I asked this old guy, I said, well, what'd they do the rest of the time? And he, and he said, well, they were basically homeless. He said they, they didn't have a permanent residence and they didn't have a job, so they just kind of drifted around. And they, they basically, he, he called it riding the grub line. And he said his grandfather had done that before they settled on the ranch. Uh, they'd kind of go from ranch to ranch. And, and they, they weren't paid wages, but, they, but they, the rancher would feed them, let them stay in the bunkhouse. And they'd stay a while, and kind of right before they wore out their welcome, they'd pack up, saddle up their horse, and ride on to the next one. And that's kind of how they got through the winter. Um, and so they relied on the hospitality of of the ranchers in, to to survive the winter. It was a, it was a basic need, food and shelter, um, and it worked out good f for both parties because if the ranchers didn't feed them, those guys would leave, and then they wouldn't have a crew in the spring. So. Uh, it became kind of frontier etiquette or, or cowboy hospitality is what you could call it. Uh, it, was, it was expected. Uh, it was considered very bad manners to, to turn away someone who showed up at your door in need of a meal or in need of a place to spend the night. And it might very well be the difference between life and death back then. So it, just, it was just unheard of to, to, to turn someone away. Um, <laughs> when when I read the Bible in Jesus' time, it was the same way. So Jesus, when he started his ministry, was homeless. He didn't have he, as soon as he left his hometown and started traveling, he didn't have a place to to stay. He didn't he didn't build a house and say I'm gonna I'm gonna set up here by the Sea of Galilee and then people are gonna come to my house and I'm gonna minister to him. He was a traveling minister. Uh, and so it says here in Luke 9:58, but Jesus replied, "Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head." So he was uh, traveling around, relying on the hospitality of of all the the towns and the people that he would visit to minister. And some of those towns received him well. They they brought him in, they fed him, they they helped, you know, gave he and his disciples a place to stay and and. And he hung around there, uh, would te teach in the synagogues. He would he, uh, he would do his teachings. He would perform miracles. He would heal people. And so anybody that offered him hospitality was was blessed by his presence because he did all that stuff. Um, some of the towns weren't quite as receptive in people, and they, and they they didn't want him around. And so he would tell his disciples, "We're going to shake the dust from our sandals, and we're going to go on somewhere else where we're, where we're wanted." Um, those towns missed out on, on quite a few blessings because they didn't get to hear the teachings. They didn't get the, 
the healing. They didn't get to see the miracles. Uh, and so uh, Jesus gave us the first um, model of, of what Christianity was going to be like, where we're fully dependent on God for our needs. That's how we're supposed to be. We're dependent on God for our needs. And he lived that. He didn't take anything with him. He, he depended on God to take care of him. Well, God take, took care of him through the, through the generosity of people. And that's, that's how it is today. A lot of times our needs are provided through other people. Um, and that's, that's where I want to go today is to talk a little bit about meeting the needs of other people or Christian hospitality. Um, you know, you, this is a big old book and there's a lot in it. Um, but I want to kind of focus on three ways that we can, that we can demonstrate Christian hospitality. The first way is is through helping a stranger in need. Uh, and there's opportunities all over for that. We, uh, we have a lot of people in need, and, and it's difficult to help strange people that we don't know, right? It's, it's one of the harder things to do, to trust them, and, and to bring someone like that into your home, or, or, uh, or drop what you're doing for someone you don't know and, and help them out. But, but we're, uh, we're asked to do that. Um, we don't know if a stranger is a Christian or not. We don't know anything about them. But if they're not, then we have an opportunity there because if, if, we, can, if we can help them out, a lot of times that's going to spark the, the, an opportunity for us to tell them about Jesus Christ. And, and we may well lead them to salvation. We don't save them, but we can lead them to Jesus. And that might be their opportunity for ever, everlasting life. Uh, it says in Hebrews 13.2 Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. So in the, in the, there's several cases in the Bible where, where someone, an individual helped someone in need. They showed up at their door. They gave them rest. They gave them food. They gave them housing. It turned out those people were angels. So Pretty good opportunity there. You never know, right? You never know. Uh, I got a feeling that if on Judgment Day, if we, if we Jesus asked us, well, "Hey, why did you turn that that person away?" and he say, "Well, I just didn't have time or didn't really feel like it," and he said that was one of my angels, uh, that that might not bode well for us. So, uh, I got a little story, and this is a, a true story. It's secondhand. Uh, I didn't I didn't know this fella, but but I knew. A friend of mine who did and uh, once again it's set in in the promised land up in Montana and you know there's a theme there's a theme Kevin's big on theme preaching yeah actually he's not but but uh, uh, there's a theme here today uh, so there was this young fella and and he I, I don't know his exact age because this is secondhand I didn't know him but I, I gather he was you know late teens 17, 18 years old, probably. Um, he lived outside of Billings, Montana, and uh, he'd had a rough life. He, his, his family was abusive to him. He left home. He, he didn't even finish school. He went out on his own, tried to make it. Uh, he was having a hard time. He lived in a, some kind of shack. He was working at McDonald's or somewhere, barely making a living, getting by. And uh, one night he was on his way home from work, and... Uh, he 
came across a, a car that was broke down on the side of the road. So we stopped. His old old man, his his pickup truck had broke down. Well, the old the the guy lived quite a ways away, so he, this kid didn't take him home. He took him to his own house. This kid did, and, and he was pretty embarrassed. He was real apologetic because because he didn't have much. Uh, he I think he fed the old guy a can of beans and and you know offered him his bed, and the kid slept on the floor. And and the next morning they got up and and he took the guy into Billings and they got a tow truck and and uh, got his truck picked up and turned out this old fellow was a rancher from eastern Montana and he really liked this kid for what he'd done so he offered him a job. Kid's like I don't have anything better to do but I don't know anything about cowboying or ranching. The old guy said that's alright I'll take you on anyway. Took him took him to his ranch uh, that kid worked for him young man worked for him for several years learning how to, how to, you know, about horses and cattle and ranching and everything it takes. And uh, so, you know, a few years into that, the old fella got sick. And, and so this kid took care of his place for him while he was getting treatments and while he was laid up and, and couldn't get out of the house. Well, the old fella passed away. And when they read his will, he left everything to that boy. Um, and this guy had kids of his own. But he left everything to that boy. Um, he left um, a ranch worth millions of dollars that was paid for to this kid, all because of one thing, because he'd helped a stranger in need. So we're blessed when we do that. Um, I'm not saying we're, we have ulterior motives, like, man, I'm going to help this cowboy-looking guy here because he might have a ranch he's going to give to me. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. That, that kid had no idea the guy had a ranch. He stopped out of the, because his heart told him to and, uh, and was blessed on account of that. So when we, when we help a stranger in need, we're in a good position to be blessed for it. Um, <clears throat> so that's one way to, to show hospitality. A second way is to help your Christian brothers and sisters who are in need, okay? There's another theme going on here, right? Uh, when, in Romans 12, 13, <coughs> pardon me, it says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Uh, Abe mentioned our trip to, to Idaho. And, uh, you know, when, when we got there, we didn't know. I'd met Bruce and Don Ann once here, but we didn't really know them. So we're, we're showing up and... and uh, you know, we we received true frontier hospitality there. They great people fed us, uh, you know, a couple of great meals, uh, gave us gave us shelter for the night. We stayed up late watching the NFR. Um, I'm sleep deprived this week for that reason. Uh, but uh, you know, just talked about horses and cattle and ranching and and mostly about Christianity and 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 that's you know that that's the kind of hospitality I'm talking about with our Christian brothers and sisters. There's a lot of people that have needs. It, it doesn't have to be a meal or a place to stay. There's, there's all kinds of needs. There's, you know, supporting them through a hard time, uh, helping them out when they're sick, um, maybe, maybe lifting them up, you know, through, a, through, a, through some kind of a family issue they're going through. It, it doesn't matter. We can meet their needs. We're asked to meet their needs. We're commanded to meet their needs. This isn't really optional. Uh, 
Showing hospitality to God's children is the same as showing it to Jesus himself. Hey, pardon me for just a second. We're fixing to hit the backside of this pasture, so it's time to step off and cinch them up. While we're down here, I want to see if you can help us out. We really do need a hand in this ministry, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're riding with us. All you have to do is text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977, and you can help us out in less time than it would take to pull your rope down. Again, text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. Thanks for the hand, pards. Matthew 26, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we see you? When, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison or, and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So we weren't, we weren't there when Jesus was alive, and we didn't get the opportunity to feed him and clothe him and care for him. But that doesn't matter. What he's saying is, if you do it for one of his children, it's the same as doing it for him. Uh, what an opportunity to, to bless each other and to help each other out. Um, Kathy and I are going to try to show some of that next Sunday, uh, after the service here next Sunday. If anybody is alone for Christmas, anybody needs a meal, anybody wants to get beat a cribbage, uh, any, anybody wants to ride Koi's new motorcycle, <laughs> you better be Christian. Except Abe, he breaks stuff. Uh, Please, you're welcome at our house. Uh, you know, there's no reason to be, to be alone at Christmas. Uh, statistics show that there's a higher uh, level of suicide at Christmas than any other time. Isn't that, isn't that wrong? Uh, Christmas is supposed to be the most joyous time of the year to be together. And, but a lot of people don't have that. They don't have a place to go. They're lonely. It's loneliness. Okay. So we have an opportunity to fill in that void for them. All they need to know is someone cares, gives a darn about them. Um, so if you don't have a place to go or know of somebody who doesn't have a place to go, I don't care if they're Christian or non-Christian or, or uh, Catholics maybe. But, uh, <laughs> but seriously, we're, we're, our home is open after, after church. Kathy makes a mean pot of spaghetti and and I can butter some toast. So, uh, uh, so we'll, you know, if, if, you, if you want to do that or know of somebody, just, just let, let us know so we can have a head count and, uh, and uh, we'll go from there. So, so we, can, we can show hospitality to strangers, to our Christian brothers and sisters, and, and a third that way that we can do it is, is by providing for our teachers. Okay? Uh, Kevin Weatherby is 
I, I can't express what he's done for me, okay, personally. Not, not only for this ministry, but for me personally. Uh, through Kevin, I, for the first time in my life, I've been able to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? And I don't think or know that that would have happened had I not met him. He is, he's given up a lot to be here and to do what he does and, and to lead us and teach us. And I, he's a great teacher. Uh, he's funny. He, he makes you laugh. He teaches in a way that, that we can understand. Um, and so in Galatians 6.6, 6, it says, Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Okay? It's our job to take care of them. Uh, Kevin doesn't take much of a salary for, for leading this ministry. He takes a very low percentage compared to what other ministers would do because, because he's, he, wants, he wants to help people. And so we have an opportunity to help him in return. Since he's gone, uh, every year we, we take up a collection for Kevin at Christmas for a Christmas bonus. Um, he's supporting four kids and, and a grandchild now. And, you know, he adopted some children that he couldn't really afford to support. And so we, we have an opportunity to help him out. So I'm, a, I'm up here asking you know, on his behalf, uh, you know, when we're done here at the end, if, if you want to see Kathy or I or, or drop it in the offering box, uh, try to help him out with, with something. Um, if you write a check, do not write it to save the cowboy because he won't touch it. Um, write it to him. If you want to give him cash, put it in an envelope and write for Kevin for Christmas or else he won't touch it. Okay? So, or else give it to me and, and I'll take my percentage and give him the rest. collection fee. I'm a tax collector. <laughs> Very hated throughout the land. Uh, 3 John 1, 6. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God. I think it'll please God for us to help Kevin out and keep him around. Okay. Um, so I, I challenge everybody this Christmas to, to, to work on all three of those aspects. You can help a stranger in need. We can help our Christian brothers and sisters. We can help our, our preacher. Um, there's there's one other thing I want to mention. We we created a ranch as part of this ministry, with with part of the mission being feeding the hungry. Okay, we got a lot of beef out there, a lot of beef. And it's fresh beef. It's not you know it's not freezer burned and stuff that we don't want. It's it's fresh beef. It's it's good beef, and we can't seem to be able to get rid of it. Okay. Uh, there's no reason for people to, to go hungry when we got that kind of food for them. So if you know, if you, if, if you, you, you yourself need some, or if you know of some, someone, don't just tell them that there's beef available. Come out, I'll help you load it up, we'll go deliver it to them, okay? That's the way we can show hospitality. We need to get rid of it because we got another beef coming, and we're going to butcher another one in January. We need the freezer space. So we got... I don't know. We had 1,200 pounds of hamburger beginning of the summer, and we still got a lot of it left. So, so uh, if you know of anybody that's hungry, uh, please help them out. Um, a lot of people have pride, and they and they don't want to accept hospitality. Well, 
we need to be able to do both sides, not only provide it, but accept it. Because when we're in need, we need to be able to accept help. And then when we're back on our feet, we can, we can be the ones helping. Uh, if, you, if you decline someone's offer of hospitality, you're, you're possibly depriving them of a blessing. Okay? So it's being selfish, so, so take it. Okay? Um, that's about all I got. I'm going to pray for you guys, and then I have a few announcements. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to open my mouth and, and say your word. Just ask that, that the Holy Spirit enters us and, and enters our hearts and, and gives us a spirit of hospitality for this season and, and that we can have the courage and, and the willingness to go out and, and help a stranger in need and help a Christian brother and sister and help our, our teachers. Just ask that you be with us. Uh, hope everybody has a, a very blessed Christmas season and, and make sure we keep our eye on Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.